Are you ready, Christine? I sure am. Are you ready, Ma? Yes. Let's go. Let's go to Massachusetts. Oh. Is this our first Massachusetts? I, 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 I don't remember. I don't recall. We've done so many. This is our 200-something trip. We are doing the 2021 Yes. Um, movie Coda. As a Coda, child of deaf adults, yes, <laughs> Ruby is the only hearing person in her family. When she discovers a passion for singing, she must decide between family and her dreams. Particulars. Coda had its world premiere January 28th, 2001, virtually at the Sundance Film Festival. Because that was, uh, you know, pandemic time. For the original. So the, oh, 2021. Okay. I thought yeah. you said 2001, but. No. Oh, 2021. If I said 2001, I apologize. Yeah, that could be me. The U.S. Well, you know, <laughs> you know me in numbers and speaking and talking. The uh, U.S. premiere was August 13th, 2021. The particulars. It's written, directed by Sean Heder who also wrote and directed Tallulah and wrote for seasons one through three on Orange is the New Black. Oh. It's based mm-hmm. It's based on the 2014 French-Belgian film La Famille Belliere. Um, it's a French... So that was a French film. It's French deaf audience had to read the subtitles because there were so many mistakes with the French sign language on oh screen oh, wow. that, that they couldn't even understand. Like, oh, holy shit. That sucks. Yes. Rebecca Atkinson in an opinion piece for The Guardian said, uh, quote, hearing people's fascination with the relationship between music and deafness just does not resonate with most people's with most deaf people. Because I just think it's it's very interesting because in, in doing research and reading about the film that um it's like from it's a very common trope that comes up with oh my god it is movies. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. And w- of course, my ableist hearing I for there's a what are what are we called? It's like auditory some like an audist. I think it's audist. I'm an audist. I'm not hard of hearing or on the like the deaf spectrum. Anyway, the music is by Maurice Devers, who also did Moulin Rouge, Eye of the Beholder, and Kick Ass. The director of photography is Paula Hidobro, who also did Tallulah, Million Dollar Arm, Pam and Tommy, and Barry. Oh. Barry's coming back soon. Uh, the editor is Gerard Brisson, who also did TV's show counterpart the oa which is also another tv show in little america um and they had asl american sign language master collaborators alexandria wales and ann tomasetti and 40 percent of the screenplay is in asl it stars amelia jones as ruby rossi she's an english actress you're kidding Yes, 
this broad had to do an American accent, be proficient in American sign language, and learn to sing. Wow. She was well, are you going to tell us or not if she already knew sign language or like, does she already know sign language? I don't you, believe somebody she looked did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I came across that she did not. She also had to learn how to fish on a fishing trawler. Oh, Miss, so what thing she yeah. had to learn? I mean, I know that she spent nine months taking singing lessons and... Oh my God! Um, and she had learning to, learn how to, to sign. sign. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Okay. Well, I guess I'll bring that up later. She's in Brimstone, Ghostland, Lock and Key, Doctor Who, and Utopia. Troy Kotzer as Frank Rossi. He's Ruby's father. He was in the number twenty-three, No Ordinary Hero: Colon the Super Deffy Movie, which he also directed. He's also been in CSI New York, Criminal Minds. Um, and he comes from his family learned ASL. It's like the whole, I think the, the, that he, he's deaf, but his family isn't. And they all learned ASL mm. when he was young. Uh, Marley Matlin as Jackie Rossi, Ruby's mother. She is in Children of a Lesser God, which she won the Best Actress Academy Award for, making her the first deaf performer win and also the youngest actress to ever win best actress because mm -hmm. remember we had paper moon tatum o'neill she was the youngest to win best supporting actress um man marley matlin she was in so many things she was always she's always been in my life she's always been uh, an acting presence that i i'm just very grateful that growing up and, and i was like why is she I'm like, why has she always been familiar? And it's because in addition to Children of the Lesser God, she was also in Hear No Evil, What the Bleep Do We Know? And then she has been in so much television. Mm -hmm. She was on a show called Reasonable Doubts, which I think that was probably why she was big on my radar because that show was on. And then she's also been in, like, name a TV show, literally, and the woman's been in. She's been in Seinfeld, The West Wing. She, nerd alert, played a hearing woman in a TV movie called Against Her Will, the Carrie Buck story. She played Carrie oh. Buck. Yeah. Um, she was discovered by Henry Winkler. Oh, really? What? Yeah. At a performance of the International Center of Deafness and the Arts. Henry Winkler was like, oh. she's awesome. Um. Daniel Durant is Leo Rossi, Ruby's brother. He was in the 2015 Broadway revival of Spring Awakening. Um, he was also on TV's Switched at Birth and the Netflix series You. Nerd alert, he was born to oh, deaf parents. Oh, I've seen him. Oh. He was born to deaf parents, and his parents had a struggles with addiction, and so he was adopted by his maternal aunt and her wife. We have Elgenio Durbens. Oh, sorry. Is he deaf too? Or just born to deaf parents? No, yeah, he's deaf as well. Okay. Um, yeah, because he went on to, he studied at, he studied at Rochester Institute of Technology. He also studied at Gallaudet University. Um, Elgenio Durbens is Mr. V. He's the high school choir director. He's a very, this guy's a super famous Mexican actor. 
He's a oh, really yeah. good he very familiar. Yeah. He's so good. He's yeah, well, he he's not just an actor, he's a comedian and filmmaker. He landed his first role on a soap opera when he was 12 years old. So he's been in the game for a very long time. He uh co-wrote, directed, and starred in Instructions Not Included, which was a record-breaking film. It was the most it is the most successful Spanish language film in the US. Oh. He's also in How to Be a Latin Lover and Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um, I don't know how to say his name. I forgot to look it up. Ferdia Welsh Pilo as Miles. He's Ruby's love interest. He's an Irish actor. Oh. Uh, he was also in a film called Sing Street and in History Channel's TV show Vikings. And he was also in Love Gets a Room. Amy Forsythe as Gertie, Ruby's best friend. She's Carrie Astor in The Gilded Age on HBO. Oh. oh. And she was also in A Christmas Horror Story and Beautiful Boy. And we a have... Christmas Horror Story. Hmm. Christmas Horror Story. Interesting. We have <laughs> Kevin Chapman as Brady. He was also in Rescue Me, Mystic River, and Sunshine Cleaning. And those are your particulars. Wow. Okay, well, <clears throat> the movie begins with Ruby in a fishing boat with her father and brother. She is singing as she works. She has been the bridge to the hearing world for her family. She has had to hear others make fun of her family and defend them. Ruby signs up for choir and she's really good. Ruby helps her family start their own business selling their fish directly to the public. So what could go wrong? Where's the drama? Exactly. Uh, so now we are to people of color. I was surprised that I had none. Oh, oh, no. there were people of color. Oh, I'm sorry. The 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 Mexican teacher. Well, you have Mr. G. Students in the choir. Right. I have six. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I counted six various background characters in the school choir and also a fisherman. Mm -hmm. I thought that there would be fishermen. And so I was surprised. Okay. And then I also have Mr. V. And then I was like, well, well, I mean, they're not people of color, but it is, we do have three lead deaf characters. I think that's important to point out. Mm -hmm. like how many times do we have have we said those words on God with the bush? Yeah, never. Yeah, just the fact that it was forty percent and sign language. Mm -hmm. And you know what I realized with sign language? <laughs> I mean, no. That I, what what did you realize? But oh, 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 where are we going? Oh. <laughs> Hot take. They're scared. They are scared. No, like. You have to be engaged with the person who's speaking because you have to look at their hands and also their facial expressions. <clears throat> so it's not like having a conversation where you're looking at your phone and somebody's talking to you, you know, it's a whole so, different. There's a show on Netflix that I recommend watching called Deaf You. Oh. and we started it last night it's like a, it's a series so but it's like a I mean it's like any other show on Netflix it's about the dating lives um 
but uh, it's about at students at Gallaudet and because they have a mixture of like hearing and various levels of hearing and um and just in deaf students as well and one of they were talking to this one girl and she was like it's different for us like you can be cuddling like you're cuddling on the like dating's hard because like you can't just cuddle and talk like we're cuddling on the couch and then we have to pull away from each other and like sign something and then you're cuddling Mm -hmm. and you're pulling away I was like oh shit you're right yeah I hadn't even thought of that before and just watching the movie I'm like oh I can't just like play candy crush well you know i gotta exactly attention Mm -hmm. it's very interesting when i took american sign language for a year in high school so whatever i'm about to say is like 20 years old 20 plus years old but that was part of the class was also learning about the culture and that the deaf Mm -hmm. community like deaf culture that's a really big thing and it's it it's just like with black culture, just like with, you know, different Asian cultures and stuff, there is no monolith. So there's all these, even within the culture, because with deafness, there's varying degrees of deafness. So I remember learning <clears throat> the sign for completely deaf and hard of hearing because there are people who are hard of hearing and also people who their deafness, they uh, maybe came on later, actually it reminds me um, for Paper Moon, Tatum O'Neill's mother, she gradually lost her hearing. Oh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. So like by the time, like in the 60s, she had lost her hearing. So that's, uh, there's so many different things. And and that was what, I, I loved that part. Well, I loved everything of uh, that class, but just learning all of the different um intricacies of the culture because there's different social norms within the culture so eye contact that was a thing for me that was really uh, like weird because you're not used to it but when you're speaking with in asl or to someone who's hard of hearing you're it's complete eye contact like you're just looking at their eyes and getting you know all of the the uh signs down and 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 how much of it is facial expressions mm-hmm. to to also take that in and that's i i'm glad that i got i watched this movie twice because the first time i'm i'm you know i'm i'm uh stuck on the subtitles and stuff and so i'm i'm missing the facial mm-hmm. features and and all of that that goes into it and it, it's just it's it's really interesting. It's super fascinating. Agreed. So, do we have cast in this movie? We have class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> didn't nobody else do cast? Because <laughs> you take I, it away. Well, so okay, I've got my list is everywhere, but you all are used to how I roll. So most stories depict deaf people as helpless and in need of rescue, but in this, it shows. They're small business owners. Um, and also a big thing is like their sex lives because mm-hmm. that's not something that you necessarily ever see. It's usually always like virginal, hard of hearing or deaf people or weak and stuff. And so it was nice to see, no, this, this, the full array, you know, it's, it's it's dumb, but that we have to even say like, oh, the deaf people, they're, they're just like us, except it's just a little bit different. It's like, it's just embarrassing. I, I apologize. Well, Definitely. Yeah, well, while you're on that subject, there's another documentary called 
uh, shit. Audible. And it's about a Maryland, Maryland school for the deaf in Frederick, Maryland. And it's all about their football team. And their football team is like really good. And they were, they talk about like how pissed all the hearing teams get when they lose to them. Mm-hmm. Cause they think, you know, they think it's like they're going to be easily beatable, but they, you know, they were like, we can feel the, feel everybody cheering and all the, and everybody running and, they have special, you know, you could sign plays. The other team has no idea what you're talking about. Um, but I, you, everybody should watch that one too. Um, but it's interesting because it's like a whole school of like deaf, high school of deaf students. And they're just the same as any other school, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And their football team, they were like, at one point they were like, oh, we've won the last 42 games. So they're like on this winning streak trying to like, you know, keep going. But then at the same time, the one player was like sad because it was the senior year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, realistically, where are you going to get drafted for? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody's going to that. that will now. happen, but. Right. Yeah, not yet. Um, also, the crit. So then I was also kind of looking at well, what did the deaf community have to say about this film? Like, what you know, what are their criticisms about it? Because I I watched this movie and I was like, oh, I love it, and I'm like, oh no, is this like white people loving Green Book? You know, like, oh, um. So some of the criticisms was that, and this is a thing that that I was reading and kind of really got into because, like I mentioned before, in the particulars about music and and how that's a familiar motif for when deaf people do show up in movies it always is around the the thing of like oh deaf people can't or don't enjoy music and you have like mr holland's opus beyond silence sound of metal and so leonard davis who's a coda and a disability scholar said quote this genre of films is glued to a different reality It is as if birds were obsessed with making movies in which humans were miserable about their inability to fly. And so then I was kind of reading more about it. And like within deaf culture, that's something that like there are varying degrees. Like deaf people aren't a monolith. So, of course, there's varying degrees of hearing loss and and that kind of thing. But Deaf people can enjoy music. And it's, I was reading this thing on Medium about the brain and how if you're born completely deaf, that the brain is such a fascinating organism that it just, it will, and we've heard about it before, like you lose one of your senses, they will overcompensate in other areas. So sound is just waves. Right. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, our ears then um, translate and then the brain translates the sound and the vibrations into sounds and stuff. So deaf people can enjoy music because there's a, that textural feeling for it. And I can, I'm not, I'm no scientist, but it gets into like the brain waves and how the brain take in hearing people. It, it does a similar thing to the music and stuff. So like when he rolls, when the family rolls up and they're, you know, playing the the uh, the rap, I was like, oh, that's 
to me, I read because I had known about it, and I remember that there was the um, the deaf woman who was uh, Miss America contest, mm-hmm. and she did when I was little, and she did uh, she danced, and I was like, wait, she's deaf though. How does she dance? And that's when I like, oh well, you know the vibrations, like mm-hmm. you know she can feel it, and so your body and how you feel and touch, how hearing people's touch is going to be different. Because in the deaf brain, that's like rewired and com- and programmed itself, so it's it's different. So deaf people can enjoy music; they're just going to enjoy it differently than hearing people. But of course, us hearing people are like, oh, well, you must not. If you can't hear Annie Lennox, then you can't really enjoy music. So it it was just a a nice like, hey, check your privileged, check your hearing privileged mm-hmm. at the door. But um, then also there was a whole there's a whole part of what you're talking about deaf culture that of like there's a whole thing about cochlear implants yes Mm -hmm. so in that um i just said the name of it an audible one of the student one of the football players he has a cochlear implant and he was like by only um like when i use it i can like He's like, I only use it to listen to music. He's like, I can't like, it doesn't make it so I can like hear every, you know, I'm not going to hear, oh, okay. not going to experience it this, or hear the same thing that you're hearing or whatever. But it's also like, look, a lot of the community, like some, there's a part of the community that looks down upon that. Mm-hmm. Cause like, why would you want to, you know, because there's nothing wrong with you. Because right, there's nothing they, wrong with being deaf. So yeah, it's he's not. Like, I only listen, use it to listen to music. I don't use it for anything else. And and they have their own culture, and that the deaf culture is based around people who have varying degrees of hearing loss and mm-hmm. and not being able. Like that's that is what the culture is built on. So in a way, when you go and saying that you want cochlear implants, it's like people. Like, I don't know if this is a great one-to-one, but I'll go on. It's like in the black community with straightening hair, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, are you, you're going to straighten your hair to be, to be more in line with what white, uh, white supremacy has taught us is the beauty, the ideal beauty standard when there's nothing wrong with your, your hair is just the beautiful, the way it is. So with mm-hmm. the cochlear implants, it's the same thing of like, why do you want to join the hearing world. And I think you kind of got a, a feel of that with Jackie in this movie. Oh about, yeah, absolutely. You know, when how, she was saying how she like, in the, especially when she was like, but not, I was wishing you were, yeah, I prayed yeah. for you would be deaf and. Because they would have that same. He didn't want to assume, like she, and like not wanting to, you know, communicate with the other women and the. And that's something we'll, we'll touch on later too, is also with, um, lip reading yeah and and you know like there people would you can see that as being a thing of like no why would i learn to read lips uh, the uh, you hearing people need to learn my language to communicate to me you know mm-hmm. so it's it's very interesting i also have in the criticisms that a lot of the deaf uh, opinions that i saw on this pointed out how the, the um how much Ruby how much pressure Ruby had to be the interpreter, and you know, so Title Three of the American with Disabilities Act requires a public requires a public accommodation must be provided 
auxiliary aids and services for people who are deaf or hard of hearing when needed. Examples of auxiliary aids and services include qualified interpreters, note takers, and written materials. So like at the doctor's office, if you can't mm -hmm. write between, then you would be, by law, it's required that your doctor would get a professional interpreter mm -hmm. in to interpret it. Um, there's the National Registry of Interpreters, which is used as uh, interpreters for the deaf, which is a database. Small businesses can get tax credits for the expenses of interpreters. Um, businesses may not charge a surcharge to a, any person who needs an interpreter. Good. But then, so, th so that doesn't get pointed out how there are these... Um, because of the Americans with Disability Acts that it's a great scene, but that Ruby's shouldn't be put in that position because right. there are, but then it's, yeah, the government that, makes rules, but. Yeah, how often, and I think that's why it was more believable that it's set in like a smaller town, mm -hmm. you know, it would never have been as believable, not that that doesn't happen anywhere or that some, or not that small towns don't provide those things, but like, Feel like it wouldn't have been as believable if it were set in like new york city like you know yes but it is an interesting criticism and i think a valid yeah. criticism because this movie is geared towards us the, i'm you know sadly the hearing um and that it that would be a good way to point out hey no it's against the law and it's on oh, yeah, us all that like, out yeah, it's all it's like our responsibility to accommodate and it shouldn't have been their responsibility to find someone to like right especially like when the news came to do an interview. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. on the news. Like they should have they could have pointed that out in the movie. But and how did the to go to her audition and we you know. Right. And how did the monitor that ended up on the boat not have advance notice that these people were deaf? Yeah. I mean, that's all, like, then we're getting into the thing of, like, we're bumping up with, we're talking about a, a motion picture, and, like, things get yeah. fudged in motion pictures. Like, we need to create drama, and we need to, we have these, this story arc that needs to go in when crash, like, yeah. the crashing in of reality is it is going to make our film not be as good as it, as, you know, what we saw. So, also, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, I I had uh, a little boy who was almost completely deaf. So he's hard of hearing. Yes. And that has ranges, too. Yes. And so um, he, he got an FM system the year I had him in first grade. And the mother first went around and listened to all the first grade teachers. She just observed which is like, you know, is she shopping for a teacher? But she was because of the voice and how the, of the frequency of the sound waves that your voice is making. Is it going to be what's going to be the optimum sound exactly. wave that that device picks up? Exactly. Yeah. And so for some reason, my horrible voice. Did was, you win? Was the, I was the winner. And <laughs> yes. I'm going to say I was the winner because. So I had, I had my little earphones and my little speak, you know, I, I was Britney uh -huh. Spears and, um, with the battery pack. And, and so I had to remember to turn it off when I went to the bathroom. And you so blew your nose. Oh my gosh. The poor kid. 
What did when you sneezed? Oh my god. Okay. okay. But um so I got to be the one to see him the first time he was able to hear. Oh. 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 Don't don't oh you are we all right 28 minutes into this podcast? We're, this might be a record. Because this is my emotional week, guys. So <laughs> you're playing with fire over here. <laughs> oh, but to see his face light up. And so then we had fun with it. Like I'd be walking to the cafeteria to pick the class up and I'd go, turn it on. Okay, Douglas, I'm coming. Tell him to get quiet. Tell him to act like they were <laughs> all really good at lunch today. You know, and so we had fun with that. Well, the next year, the mother did that for the teachers in second grade. And they all have too much bass in their voice. <laughs> no, but the, the teacher who was chosen refused to wear the FM system. What? Wow. She, she, wow. she couldn't be bothered. It, and I... Wow. I wanted to put hands on that woman. You wanted to put hands on that woman. I I put words on that woman and (laughs) I, I, I couldn't, I just, I said, if you just to see his face when he can hear you, that's that, that's, that's the, that's ableism. Like I, I'm going to use ableism and I, not, I don't mean it in as far uh, to like, cause I don't think that deafness is a disability, but just as an ableism as like the, in this case, the majority, like being able to hear, like not hard of hearing and stuff. And that is that, but it, it, it bumps up with white supremacy, you know, it's that yes. same kind of bullshit. I, I of can't like, be bothered. I can't be bothered. Like, and oh, she, well, sucks had, to be you. She, grandchildren and I said if if one of your grandchildren needed this to to be able to adapt more easily into a learning environment which is so hard anyway you wouldn't do that for your grandchild by that time she was her bees were in her bonnet so she wasn't gonna no because then it then it's a fired it's an ego thing no no because because that's that's unfortunately the 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 cards that like deaf people and you know are dealt when anybody who in society bucks up against like no the majority and that's why like it takes until like the 90s for americans with disabilities acts to come in like these these, well i have more on that later can i get back to the cast yes i'm sorry no i think that was a beautiful and wonderful story it just got me heated and i i have other things later that got me heated so i was so mad yeah yeah because it's just but that's 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 why we are where we are in america Um, (laughs) and it was fun when when i would walk by you know other teachers or people i knew and i had on the britney spears i'd go oops i did it you know just had fun (laughs) yeah I also have when um, Leo getting, when he gets ripped off, when he's selling the fish and then how he gets mad at Ruby because Ruby was the one that came over and was like, no, you're getting ripped off. And then he, um, like, so then he's like, you made me look stupid in front of those people. But then it was interesting because then a scene later on, he's like, I don't care if I look stupid. Like it's on hearing people, like it's on them. That's how you want to be. 
but it in reality yeah you don't ever want to look stupid so that because that's the ego that's all that's yeah. everybody's ego yeah. gets in there and and yes. so much of progress is like oh i know and it's just like so what if you look stupid okay so then we have remember we mentioned when the parents show up and they're blasting the rap music that is i'm a hustler by black o ocean and I just thought it was interesting because that song is not on the soundtrack from the Apple original film. Hmm. No, it's not on the soundtrack, the official soundtrack, oh. which leads me to my last cast, which we'll get into it when I do my uh, nerd alerts of the year 2021. But, um, it's been an interesting week, so I was kind of, when I sat down to watch this the second time, I was on one, and when the first song came on, and it was Something's Got a Hold on Me by Etta James, and I was like, wait a second, did this song use all music by black artists up in this film, and I, like, didn't even notice it and stuff, um, but it didn't, it, it had Joni Mitchell's Both Sides yeah. Now, yeah. Starman by David Bowie, although he's... Mm -hmm. I kind of claim him. Um, I don't speak for the community, but just me personally. Uh, the Shags, who are an all-American, an American all-female rock band. And it just kind of got me thinking how, but, but then we had Something's Gotta Hold On Me, which is sung by Etta James, who is also very famous for singing at last. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Etta James was born to a 14-year-old mother and never oh. knew her father? Oh No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they there was rumors that her father was um was Minnesota Fats, I believe. Oh. It, it was it was pretty much known that her father was a white man. And it's just sad cuz like again, her mother was 14 when she was born. So do you think that that was mm. on the up and up? Um yeah. she lived with various foster parents. And the man who gave her her first professional training would punch her in her chest while she sang to force her voice from her gut. And then she became famous for her unusually strong voice. So. Oh, see, it all worked out. Uh, okay. <laughs> she's got you. There's a great black girl songbook about her. And she's got this awesome, amazing quote about um just black women and like the line, like her Billie Holiday and just predatory men and stuff, which is uh -huh. a fantastic quote. Drops a chef's kiss f bomb in there. Great. Have I you listened to the um, Billie Holiday episode of Disgraceland? Uh, yeah. Not yet. I'm saving that. That's coming up. Um, we also have Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On." And Marvin Gaye suffered from depression and was shot and killed by his father. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we have so have the Isley Brothers. It's your thing. Did you know the Isley Brothers originally from the Queen City, Ma? From Cincinnati. Cincinnati zone. Wrong oh. City. Oh, oh, we got Queen City. We got Queen City beef. We got Charlotte yeah, we versus do. Cincinnati. Oh no. Oh what? no. <laughs> Charlotte is the Queen City. Ooh. Yeah, it's like a the whole like there's crowns everywhere all around. Well they stole it. We had the we had no, the paddle didn't. boat. The paddle boat. The miss the that's the not paddle the boat. Queen. The 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 yeah, called the we're the Queen City. No, you're not. 
Oh man, Ooh, this is gonna go deep, and I don't. I think Teeny might be disappointed. I know with we're both on our phones right now. <laughs> um. So and then we have the Clash covering. I'm sorry. I thought, I'm sorry. Oh, this just in. This goes back to 1768. So. No. I just, Wait. I just, okay. 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 So I in just, honor of Queen Charlotte. Oh, the one from Bridgerton. The black one. The black one. Germany. Oh, no. Now this guy. Interesting. Because if it's the Queen yeah, City so to the black the queen, queen City. But then when you had Cincinnati, which is technically the north and and the city of my mother's birth, hmm, but is also known as being quite racist. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I typed in Google the Queen City. First, that comes up the Queen City, Charlotte, city in northern uh, North Carolina. Then it says the Queen City, Buffalo. Oh. Then it says the Queen City sign, sing the Queen City sign, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, this is bad for Cincinnati. The Queen City Club, Cincinnati. Well, let just ma, just just let's just the Isley Brothers. You got the Isley Brothers. That's ooh. I can't believe yeah. Charlotte is trying to do this. Yes, you need to we get on. They already did it. The Chamber of Commerce of Cincinnati needs to be told about this toot sweet, and I said it in German for them to understand. And then we have the Clash. I fought the law. The Clash is a British band. Also, no, it's the only band that matters. <laughs> it's just an inside joke for myself. <laughs> it's written by an American, Sonny Curtis, of the Crickets, who is a white man, which is a segue into my nerd alerts when we do those. So evidently, there is uh, some truth to the fact that Charlotte has been known as the Queen City and Cincinnati, also known as the Queen City. So I'm going to just let it lay and say I'm thrilled that both Christine and I are from Queen Cities because we're both queens. That's a way to look at it. <laughs> that, that was that was gonna <laughs> Queen Cities rip the family <laughs> apart. <laughs> Aaron was sweating. Sweating. Oh, <laughs> okay, we are now to nerd alerts. All right. Well, 2021. Um, I didn't go into like my usual thing of like what happened. I decided this week to just focus on one thing that didn't happen in 2021. And that was the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, which was to enhance accountability for police officers who commit misconduct by restricting the application of qualified immunity doctrine for local and state officers along with other provisions to hold law enforcement accountable in misconduct, in court, improve transparency through data collection, reform police training and policies. The bill passed in the House, and it collapsed in September of 2021. In 2021, 1,055 people were shot and killed by the police. Jesus Christ. Yep. Per the Washington Post... 2021 set a record for fatal police shootings since they started keeping track, which was only in 
2014. Uh, they after, only started keeping track in 2014. Yes, after Michael Brown was shot and killed by the police. Right. That's just the Washington Post because they found out that um, if left up to police departments, oh, which is the thing that the FBI has run into, is that, um, big surprise, they uh, were not very forthcoming in their notes. So the Washington Post took it upon themselves starting in 2014 to collect that data. Um, and that is actually, even though last year was the highest, it is actually well within the bounds. Roughly 1,000 people every year in the past seven years have been shot and killed by the police. Uh, how many, do you have how many this year to date? Yes, I do. As of March 31st, 2022, 241 people have been shot and killed by the police. So guys. We are right on track. Exactly, right on target. Um, Matt, this is a quote from that article in the Washington Post. Mathematicians say this stability may be explained by Poisson's random variable, a principle of probability theory that holds that a number of independent, uncommon events in a large population will remain fairly stagnant, absent major societal changes. So if you don't know why I brought that up this week, it's because we're not all stuck inside like we were when George Floyd was executed because another black man, Patrick Loya, was executed this week. And it was caught on camera. And, you know, last time we did the black boxes, that didn't do shit. It's not going to do shit. Because people here defund the police and they think that they want police officers taken off the streets. And that's not what it means. No, it's not what defund the police means. I was looking in because we have a big uh, mayoral race in L.A. All the major candidates, Democrats in the primaries, all want more police officers. And I don't see how that's going to change the segue into this was the clashes. I fought the law and the law won. I was like, did a black man write that song? No, it was a white man. But hey, those thousand people, like that's that includes everybody. Mm-hmm. So you don't think that your skin color is gonna hide you from cops that they're doing it. They have a very, very hard job, but policing, it's not working the way that we have it in this country. No, it's not. And, and meanwhile, oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, go, no, go, Teeny. I was just going to say, meanwhile, the NYPD gets $11 billion a year, yet we had a man shoot up a subway yep. at 8.30 in the morning on a weekday where 20-something people were injured, and they, the NYPD never found him. It was civilians who found him, mm-hmm. and he was running free in New York City for 24 hours, over 24 hours. So what are you spending and, uh, that money on? The it was an eleven billion dollar when it was an eleven billion dollar budget. The police officers had to ask people to call nine one one because their communicators didn't work. The there were no working cameras in the subway system. His or in radio the, the, the radio cop, didn't work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what are you spending the money on? 
and this and this man, the Brooklyn man. I mean, he was basically going like looking for mental health help. And what I don't even know what that is in this and country. I and I don't know how accurate it is, but one of the things I heard was that he said, you know, they keep saying they're gonna. Well, one of the mayor's big things is sending more police into the subway systems to make them safer. But all it's doing is there was a meme going around, which, or like a tweet going around, I guess, that was like, it's a shame the shooter didn't jump the turnstile. They definitely would have caught him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, meanwhile, this you have to pay $2.75 to ride the train every time. Not everybody has that kind of money. You go into a job interview, you don't have a job, you jump the turnstile, you get a ticket. That's not for safety. Yeah. Right. I mean, this this man Patrick was pulled over for uh, it was a it was a, a misdemeanor. It was a traffic stop, and the cops chased him. And this is when you're in the Ukraine, and we're talking about war crimes because people their hands are tied up and they're shot in the head. That's a war crime. Mm-hmm. But when it happens in America, that's just oh he shouldn't. Why was he running? That's always mm-hmm. like placing the blame on the victim. And it's not just. You think like, oh, well, it's criminals and stuff. Not a mile from where I live in December, a little girl was shot and killed in a Burlington Co. factory by the cops. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they said it in the quote, it's only going to change when there's enough people. But now they're, the, look at the media and how it's it's like crime goes up, all these things. And they, they leverage that to be like, we need to feel safer. Oh, my gosh. So we need more cops. And is that... I mean, they they kill a thousand people. I don't feel safer with more cops on the streets. Oh, that's what he was saying. I heard that one of the things that he was saying was, oh, like they're saying they're sending all these cops into the subway. I bet you I could do something and nobody would be able to catch me, which is true. And it's not like the man was a track star or something to be able to outrun (laughs) anybody. I mean, the reason they caught him is because he left behind his like identification and like. And then he called card. Uh, he was yeah. a whole other call for help, but right. On a positive note, did you see that it was an immigrant who called who called in the tip? Immigrants. And that was done. that was yeah. a quote on the one of the Instagram news Excellent. things that I saw. But just like so, if you do, if this is news yeah. to you, Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know it's caught on. I didn't watch it because I've had enough black trauma in my life. I don't need to be watching the video of a man who gets shot in the back of his head with a cop yeah. on top of him. If if that's not an execution, well, enlighten me on what is. But that happened in America, and not really hearing too much about it. Not really hearing any companies. Uh, putting, giving money, creating diversity officers and whatnot, just hearing a lot of like, oh, we need more cops in the streets and nothing. The reason that the George Floyd crime bill passed or didn't or failed was because of qualified immunity, which is hilarious because doctors, you can sue a doctor if they do something wrong. They have this whole malpractice insurance. But the idea that cops can't like that will oh if, if somebody will sue me because I shoot and kill them I I'm not I'm no longer able to do my job anymore. Uh, but let's put more of them on the on the street. And then I'm thinking about um, as deaf Americans, like yeah, 
imagine yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna stop and put their hands up because they're not gonna know that you have just ordered them to do that. Nope, not at all. And what if you're black and deaf and an American, and not even an American, just in America? <laughs> because Patrick was a refugee from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh, and man. other refugees that we see in other parts of Europe right now, war crimes, war crimes, outrage. We're, we're hearing every every day on the daily, literally the daily podcast every day going over it. But this might be the first time that some of these people listening to this podcast are hearing about what happened in Michigan. And yeah. it happened April 4th. And I just found out about it this week. Oh, that happened April 4th. I just found out about it this week, too. Yep. So. I, oh, I was a bit heated this week. <laughs> any other any other uh, nerd alerts? No, me. Well, I will go in mind nerd alert about um, Black American Sign Language. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um... So I feel like TikTok has been one of those, uh, what am I trying to say? Avenues. Avenues Ah. that has really put a spotlight on ASL in general and Mm -hmm. also Black ASL. There's a bunch of really cool content creators who are influencers on TikTok who are deaf and who are able to explain things in a way, like in a way that everybody sees. And I don't, I don't know. The, the snippets of videos are always really fascinating. And Erin sent one out to us about her name. Oh, I thought it's her name. Charmé. Charmé. Yes. Real. C A U N S I A is her TikTok name, but she does TikToks about um, like highlighting some of the differences between like just white American sign language and Black American sign language or BASL. And then there's another. Um, it's like a 30-minute documentary called "Signing Black in America." It's on YouTube. Highly recommend it. Um, but one of the things, one of the quotes in there was the number one myth that is universal is that a deaf person in China could understand a de- understand and communicate with a deaf person in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that nobody really hearing people don't really think about is that there's different like linguistics and, and the ways to communicate in all different languages or communities, I guess, even. Um, so this documentary focused on BASL and one of the people in there communicated and said, when you leave a conversation, when you've been in Black ASL, you have energy, you feel inspired. And um, as with most things, just <laughs> the BASL is just a little cooler. Um, well, well, in her video, she says it's <laughs> BASL, it's ASL, but with the seasoning. With yeah, with the seasoning. <laughs> and that was kind of a, like in every documentary and like TV show I've watched, 
the, pa the past two days. That's the general consensus. So I wrote down some of the, I started writing down some of the words that people were using to describe it. And so our sign, I started with our signing is a little bit and some of the things people use was bigger, colorful, colorful, more flavor, kicking it up a notch. Uh, we had snaps, head tilts, body language. The facial expressions are just a little bit more. It reminds me of the difference between spending the, the first weekend of vacation at my mom's church and then going the next Sunday. Okay, so that my was the whole section about going to church in that documentary. I'm like, and wow, there's a drummer here. They were talking about in the white church, just like the sign for hallelujah is like, I don't know what it is boring i'm sorry i shouldn't say that but and then when they were like oh but then when you're in the black church it's like we're dancing and the signing is like all different um but i know so like i know about that and i've seen tiktoks about it for like the past year or two but i never really knew like the history of it and so the first school for deaf children was invent invented came about in the 1800s. Uh, I'm trying to find the- In answer. Charlotte? Right. The Queen City? Uh, yeah, when they're, during the drought, probably. Um, sorry, I'm Googling. I should have written that down, but I didn't. 1869, St. Joseph's School for the Deaf was founded Saint in Joseph. the Bronx. But oh. as you could imagine, Her. it was only for white children. Mm. Um, if anybody so was like listening to this, like, oh, I wonder why there's a BS, BASL language and how it's so different from ASL. I'm just, I'm just, because I know, I'm just going to guess. All right. <laughs> but I go ahead, it's, really, it's just something you never really thought, like, I never really thought right. about it. Mm -hmm. Um, or there, I guess there was something for 1817 in Hartford. Actually, look at this in North Carolina, the first black deaf school with its own campus was built in 1869. Well, there you have it. Who would ever thought, but they weren't integrated until the 1952, I think. Yeah, wow. because even though they have a, a common thing of, of, um, being hard of hearing and deafness, don't get it twisted about cast. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. You know, that's, and that's yeah. why there's a different, because it was still, okay, this is where the white deaf children go. But I'm, my son is black and he's deaf. Nope, he's black. Cast. Yep. So you have a whole different, like they're learning whole different things and that stuff is getting passed on and passed down. And there was, black deaf people have had to communicate for, hundreds of years so they yeah. found a way to do it and uh, yeah. as you like language just literally just making shit up like nobody's who's to say what's right i don't right. think that, yeah. that, that's it's, what made me think about it like as long as the other person can understand what i like i exactly. able to communicate this to somebody else who cares if it's right or not right um but the documentary is good there was a i think it was she's a professor at gallaudet i believe her last name is McGaskell, and she went to a school for the uh, school for Black deaf kids in Louisiana, and then she transferred to a 
like just an integrated school and most of the people were white. And she was like, I couldn't understand any of my teachers. Yeah. And so then she thought after that happened, she was just, she was like, well, I thought white was right. I thought that was the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then that was when she learned about code switching. Um, Even was deaf like, my people code switch. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. But she was like, my friends started being like, you sign differently now. And she was like, I decided I didn't want to lose that part of me. Um, And even within that, there's talking about how like older black people have signed different than younger black people. It's like a whole generational thing. And, um, but they were talking about code switching and how I was like, you would have to as a black person because you're communicating and they literally can't, they don't know what you're, they literally don't know what you're saying. Exactly. They were talking about having, you know, this one guy that they interviewed, he was like, sometimes I'll be talking to like my white coworker or peers or whatever. And they'll start telling me like, calm down, don't get an attitude. And he was like, just cause I'm being more expressive. Like I don't have an attitude. Uh-huh. And they were talking yeah. about people saying BASL isn't the formal way. And so he's a teacher and he, Oh yes. Which interestingly enough, and did you read about the the thing about how they say like, Oh, B, they try to downplay BASL as like, Oh, it's not, it's, it's like, like um, it's, it's lesser than and stuff, but in actuality, it's actually closer to the original American sign language because at a certain point in um, the teaching of it that they went like with white kids, they started, they wanted them to be more um, adept to being integrated into hearing society. So that's when you had a lot of focus, less on sign language and more on learning Mm, to lip read read. and auditory and teaching them Mm -hmm. how to be able to speak and stuff. And so a lot of the white teachers that were into sign and like about that deaf culture were like, no, we're not down for this. So then they went and started teaching at the black schools to those students. And so like ASL usually in the video, Charmé points out that it's uh, signed with a single hand and Mm -hmm. is um, Mm -hmm. black American sign language is they incorporate two hands. So it's just interesting how they'll throw shade, like just how cast works throwing shade on the black one saying that it's yeah. inferior and stuff when in reality it's actually closer to the true American sign language mm-hmm. because it's closer to French sign language which what is what ASL was uh, like derivative of kind of like with like in English and the how we take words from all these different places yeah. so like the basis was like French yeah well and then the one guy was a teacher and he was like he's a black teacher and he teaches in a predominantly black school. And he's like, that's tough because like, I have to teach them. Like, I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to tell them that what they, the way that they've grown up and everything, cause they're coming from these black families and they're more right. expressive and the signing is usually bigger and takes up more space. And he's like, I'm not, I don't want to tell them that it's not right, but I also have to teach them the more formal way. Uh-huh. And he said, like, having to learn, you have to learn how to survive and thrive in your own community, but also in the larger American society. And then they also brought up two more things. They brought up, even within that, if you're Black, it, like, it's still geographically different. Like, they were right. talking about how, like, um, and 
New Yorkers sign like they take up more space and it's like you know yeah so then yeah. This one girl is from the south and she was like people try to tell me that I'm doing it wrong and I'm like no I'm just from the south like that's how mm-hmm. I that's how I speak it's like a dialect yeah yeah there's different dialects within it because it's and a then, language it has its own like yeah. linguistic scholars and there there's like syntax to it that was you think that oh it's just english in sign in but that's not how it is it's its own language sign language mm-hmm. is its own language and it's or is there american sign language is it black american yep. sign language is it swedish sign language chinese sign language mm-hmm. like it, there are different languages and then the last part is um, they talked about interpreters. And I never really thought about uh, until they said it. They're not called translators. They're called interpreters because you're literally interpreting what someone else is saying, but it's not just the words. You're thinking about their facial expressions and the mm. like the way like the emphasis they're putting on different words. And he was talking about the Oh my God, I was like, I almost think like you should match your interpreter to the speaker. So he said that I was, um, this one man said he was at somewhere and watching somebody speak and the person speaking was black and everyone around him was laughing. And he was like, but then I realized that the, the interpreter was white. So he wasn't getting some of what, like he wasn't able to fully communicate right. what this guy was saying with like, yeah, because because it, it's coming out of this white guy's mouth, and right, and like there goes cast again, and taking another. Yep. Bo- cast ruins the party again because yep. here's this guy like, oh, I'm 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 interpreting, like I'm I'm understanding and getting what he's saying, and everybody's. But just, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. But yeah, I really highly recommend signing Black in America. It's good. That's interesting. And there's so many on the, if you go online and, and if you get into it, I think like with young people and stuff, because then you can sign up to become an interpreter. And I think that's great that like in my school that they offered it. And then, I mean, that's an interesting, I mean, I'm not built for that. Cause that I would get so stressed out. Being oh, an so much pressure. Yeah. But it's like oh, a good reason gosh. why you need all different kinds of interpreters too. It's yeah. Not- Exactly. And how, and it's not exactly like that's a, a career opportunity, but that is a, that's some, that's a great career opportunity for, you know, like, Hey, have you thought about this? Cause I think Marley Matlin's interpreter has been with her for years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's gotta be, it's like a, like a co-teacher situation. Like you come into it, you're two individuals and then you have to merge yourselves. It's like a marriage. Well, also, yeah, with yeah, exactly, and getting to know. And they also have that with um, with uh, in the audit like us auditory people with um the different languages. I like, remember when, oh, the the famous director who did Parasite, and he was going around, and he could speak mm-hmm. English, but he still had like his interpreter, and people got to know his interpreter interpreter and they had a relationship because they're it's fascinating the way that language and syntax affects the way that you think so like people in spain in spanish because of the way that that words are and that forms your way of thinking and and so it's it i think it's wild because if people 
can they're doing that with auditory languages. I wonder how it is with American Sign Language because it does. Then you're like, oh, that's why the the French. You know, you're like, oh, that's such a French way of thinking. It's because your language affects the way that you think. But that's mm-hmm. not something that we think about because we all are born with our own languages. And unless you're lucky enough to be bilingual, because sometimes I'll ask like at work, well, what does that mean? And then they're like, there is no literal translation. It kind of means this, but then it it doesn't really. And you're just like, that's right. fascinating. Yeah, depending on who's saying it, what the situation is. Or just words. There's just, you know, like Germans are famous for just creating words for everything. There's a lot of- <laughs> well, yeah. that was one of the, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go. That was one of the things is, um, I should have written down their titles or whatever, but it was like, we're constantly having to come up like you're, it's like culturally like you're like they were talking about coming up with the like a BASL for swag yeah like you're like it's like there's a whole you know there's we're like you're constantly having to create new things and think of all of the great words in BASL that like we don't even know about there's there's, oh my god well that was the thing he was like the one guy was like I mean not saying you have to be black to understand some of it, but some of it you do. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they were like, it, they. I know that the one that you sent, she talked a little. She did a couple examples of differences, but this documentary also did more of like, if we were to say this, like the difference in like just regular AS. I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting and cooler. And more expressive, like literally more flavorful. Like it's, but yet still within America and the caste system looked down upon as the lesser language, the lesser sign language. When it's going to get copied in ASL, they're going to (laughs) take, they're going to appropriate. Well, and then when they were talking about the interpreters, the one girl was like, people just automatically assume since I'm black that I could interpret hip hop, but she was like, that I can't do that. Like it all, it all, and you have to know the words. She was like, I'm more of like a Bob Marley and India RE girl. So I know who to call if you need a hip hop interpreter, but that's not me. Yeah, that is wild. Okay. Is that, um, are those all the nerd alerts today? I mean, I just, do you want to know the the film Grosses Worldwide of 2021? I think we can skip it. Coda won Best Picture, so I didn't even go over the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did. I mean, I have that if you want to know, or we can just move on. We know Coda won. Yeah, for the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're to negative reheatables. My first is 3 o'clock a.m. I mean, she... The the family got up at 3 a.m. Not the- only she had to wake everyone up. Yes. Well, no, they had the lights. Yeah, but th- I mean, the lights don't always wake you oh, up. Yeah. It happened that one time. Um, oh. Actually, and- you know what? I bet you, I never thought about it. I just thought it was good for me. I bet you my wake-up light is really good for that. That's basically what my light is. It gradually starts to sunrise. Like, it acts like a sunrise, yes. and it gradually gets the room brighter um but okay so she had to wake up at 3 a.m with her brother and her 
uh, father and go out. Then she had to come in and go to school all day. Yeah. I think she was on... It looked, Work it seemed release? to me, yeah, like, because I remember in high school that there were different kids and they would have a different schedule of, like, mm-hmm. coming in and then going off to work. So, and I, and plus that's a fishing community, so I'm sure that it's not unheard of. But, but it was like, um, it was like in the movie, she was the only one because they would make fun of her because she smelled like fish. Yeah. And they, they Which, were already making. I thought, I misread that. The first time you I saw this movie about her lady bits. No, I thought they were talking about the. I thought they were slut shaming her friend. Ah, uh. like every time they were doing the making, like, and the, there was that time where it's like, oh, you, you smell like fish because the friend was just talking about how she like hooked up with tiny fingers, and so I thought like, oh my god, they're just like slut shaming this woman. And then later when they were reenacting the the dad, uh, you know, the scene with Miles and stuff. I thought like, cause she would all, she had also was, she was like talking about her brother Leo and stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought like this slut shaming is out of control. And then I was like, Oh, it wasn't until that scene that I pieced uh, it together that they were talking about her. And you know, oh my God. <laughs> because she had been born the only hearing person in the family, she had to be there linked to the hearing world and she had to hear everybody making fun of them that they couldn't hear. So she's already on high alert for anything, you know, anything that happens that might not even be related to her, but she sees somebody snickering at something, she's going to assume it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the fish, so they had this thing with the monitors that had to get on all the fishing boats. The fisherman had to pay the $800 for the monitor? That's, yeah, that's, that's, bullshit. that's that bullshit, man. Because, yeah. yeah that's, that's that thing about, like, there's regulations because people break the rules. So you have to have yes. regulations put into in because these people are breaking the rules because in capitalism, it's all about however much money you can make. Mm-hmm. And then it's people break the rules, and so then you have to have regulation in to come in to level the playing field. And then those regulations, of course, don't they get passed down to the most vulnerable. And, exactly. and so then that, that cost gets passed down to them. And then the people who are in it for the right reasons are getting punished because they have to have the regulation. And then they're like, we want deregula- deregulation. And then people are like, we're the party of deregulation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you're the reason that we need the regulation. Mm-hmm. And then that's why we're in a vicious cycle. It's wild. Being a high school senior is hard enough, but then being a high school senior who is also responsible for the success of the family's business, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) A lot of pressure. And she finally had a day to herself Mm -hmm. and and everything went to hell. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Other negative reheatables? Um, I had having singing auditions in front of the whole class when you're in high school. Because <sighs> as someone who was in choir and all that shit, not shit, I enjoyed it. But most of the time your auditions were in private. Like 
orchestra, yeah, you had to like sometimes do it in front of people. But for singing, you usually went in the room by yourself for that exact reason. I was kind of grandfathered into choir because my sister That's and not brother really thing, but. I know, but my sister and brother were were pretty good. Not so much couldn't read music, wasn't Uncle, a soprano. Uncle Nick was a singer. Yeah. My father my father was a really good singer. So he yeah, he could sing. Uh-huh. But uh and the choir director at school went to our church and so it was kind of like uh, you know, throw the girl a, a bone. So I would sit with the altos, but I I never had a clue what I was supposed to be singing. I would only sing the the <laughs> the melody because I didn't read music. So yeah, I was kind of grandfathered in when I was in choir because that was like the cool thing in elementary school when you were in fifth and sixth grade. You could do choir, and thankfully they didn't have uh, what Teeny says because um, audience listeners. So two of us on this podcast, um, we fall in the in this movie. It's uh, what Bowie said about Dylan, the sand and wallpaper. Sand voice. and wallpaper. Teeny can actually really sing. So when I was in chorus, we didn't have any of that. So we would be singing, and the choir teacher would be like, "Stop!" And then would be when and then would sing. And we would sing, and I would sing, and then she would be like, no, stop, no, sing it again. And then I would pretend not to sing, and then she would, like, <laughs> get the A-OK and move on. That's so that's when, that's when I w- became the pantomime artist of choir. And she became a friend of mine. Yeah, I was just like, okay, I can't Understood. Sing, so. exactly. And she told me that, I, I said that to her one time, Erin is you know, not, not a singer. And she said, I can make her into one. <laughs> yeah, she did by teaching me not to sing. That's how I did the flutophone. I just never blew my, my fingers were moving, but I yeah. never blew. That was how, that's how I got into the highest level of oboe because they kept moving me on up. And I was like, guys, you can't hear that. The, there's no oboe in this whatsoever. I am just pantomiming. Do you remember the time you're, you had oh a- yeah, my reed broke. That was a very that was that was the time when I, as Jamel Hill said, became unbothered. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I don't care what any of these motherfuckers think about me anyway. Let's rock this. <laughs> she had a solo. Solo she with a, a, a reed solo. broken on the oboe. Oh no. Spring concert, was, eighth grade. Imagine a duck being strangled to get, death. How'd you get the solo? I'm the only fool who continued to play oboe. And the reason I played oboe was because of Kenny G. That motherfucker made me convinced I wanted to play saxophone. But Miss O'Banner, man, what a great band teacher. She yeah, knew. She was, but then she, she left was, you. She, she left me high and dry. Yeah. And she had to go take care of her mom back in the South. And poor, because, you know, you start in the band, everybody wants to play the flute, the clarinet, and the saxophone. Nobody went. She swindled me into playing the oboe. I was like, okay, I'll play this. And then because nobody wanted to do it, I was like, all right. Like, it's not like I have competition. Like, I just have to, I'll just keep doing this. This is, yeah, this instrument sounds obnoxious. It's not cool in the least. Oh, it's a beautiful instrument when it's played correctly. (laughs) I mean, 
but it, it was a it was a foundational teachable moment of like yeah that's oh. that's why i'm sitting on camera with my richard simmons hair not giving a fuck <laughs> because true. of my it's my reed instrument after that i thought i was gonna go meet a puddle after that, was that hilarious and in the moment like, now mm -mm. Hey, it happened. It happened. Moving I was trying on. to make. I was. I was trying to, with my face, make the signals to my band conductor. No, it was hysterical. That like this. And she is kept not doing the this. My eyebrows and going to my knees <laughs> and being like, I knew there was a problem. Yeah. She's like, yeah. But that's why you. That's why you always take two reeds out with you. And I never. I never knew that you always had a spare. And then I learned. But it was. It was hilarious. Cause I was like, I didn't give a fuck. I'm not. I knew I wasn't going to be an oboist for my life. Yeah. I just. That was a, that was a, a learning, a lifelong lesson in something. Yeah. Persistence or just. Yeah. yeah in, 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 in other, in unbotheredness. Yeah, I'm going to look stupid. Fuck it. I'm going to live. I know. In eighth grade. I mean, eighth grade, that's hard. But, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like the cool kids were in the odd like watching. <laughs> like, come no. on. Like, I'm aware of my surroundings. Okay. Good. And I well, do that's know the girl who's awful at playing oboe. Okay. And I do know a uh, a co teach a co-worker's daughter was in the audience laughing at you, and I saw it. That's and good. Like, okay. You didn't care, but I was oh. like, she is dead to me. The rest of my life, she is dead to me. Mm. Okay, um, other negative. I also had, well, I don't know how much this one is true, but I wrote, I, although it was a beautiful voice, I wrote, that voice would not have gotten her into Berkeley school. Oh, I could not say such things. However, then I looked it up and saw that Berkeley School of Music has a 51% acceptance rate. Oh, okay. It's no, uh, what's the other one? Julie, it's no Juilliard. No Juilliard, exactly. So maybe she could have gotten into Berkeley with that. Now, I felt like he didn't have a prayer of getting in. Oh, no. I, I mean, thought, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. she had a beautiful voice, but like Juilliard is like uh, what I was on my head. Uh huh. They only have a 7.6 acceptance. Yes. Rate. I mean, you have to be the top of the, you have to be the, the top of the top of the top. Yeah. Berkeley 52, 51.6. Yeah. Like, that's just where she, you, you I wouldn't get in, get in but she, would. I could have gotten in there. Oh, yeah. Like you gotta be halfway good. Yeah. You gotta be able to uh, like have then, a voice that isn't, I, have a very, I probably wouldn't have gotten there for voice. I could have gotten there for an instrument probably. Uh, Maybe. I, I definitely could have gotten in for oboe. <laughs> they just because they just usher you in. You nobody plays the oboe. It's so few that they're just like, oh, we got one. We can we can teach them. Get but it. also that I do respect that they used realistic. It wasn't like Save the Last Dance where she was trying to get into Juilliard and they made her. She got into Juilliard for her hip hop dancing. I don't right. Know. Right. Right. Or and then finally, I have jumping into cold water as an oh. um yeah, because how long before they could breathe again? You know, Teeny, when that when that first wave hits your knees and yeah. you can't breathe, 
I know I mean, they were fully submerged. No, yeah. that would not. No, not that would not have been me. No, no. it, it would not have been me because I would have needed the schematics to know exactly how deep how that deep. water was. You just right. don't go running off and yeah. assume like that's how that's how people get jacked. As my father would say, that's how people get jacked. So yeah. <laughs> I, I need to know the depth of what I'm jumping into. That's just that's just how I was taught. Okay, Aaron, have I, you done your next? No, I have. So speaking of Berkeley, the whole time I thought they were talking about Berkeley in California. <laughs> me, I'm like me for half a minute. Oh, like, oh, and then I was like, oh no, they're talking. They're not talking about Berkeley and CA with a Y. They're talking about Berkeley and Boston with EEs. Berkeley E. Um, and then this is more on me and just how old I am. I just realized now that that's two different places. I thought they were just different campuses. Yes. I thought maybe they had an East Coast and a West Coast. Shit. Well, All right. Now there's Here nothing wrong with that. Ex- yeah, see? Except for the spelling. And we did see the spelling in the... It, it was at the end when but we the, saw the well, spelling. How do I know how they spell the... How do I know how they spell Berkeley in California? Well, you don't, but like I'm out here, so I see it. Yeah, you know, I hear it and it's referred to. So I always knew it was a Y, and so then I was surprised that it's with two E's. It's like the Liza. It's Liza with the I, not you know. Yeah. Um, the fact that in this, this is just me and these kids today, but how everyone's pants, everyone's waiting for a flood now. It's that's the style. It's just high. I love it. Did you think that the same? No. Why would but, I ever have pants at the ground again? I saw on Facebook a, a girl. She's probably a sophomore in high school now, and you'll never guess what the bottom of her pants did. She rolled them. They were they were the, folded the, over. Yeah, and rolled. The nineties, the Zach Morris style. Yes. Um, yeah, it's coming back. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. When I'm at my m- meetings in San Diego, there's a night. Tell me why this makes me so mad. I don't think anybody from work listens. That matters. Why do we have to do a theme night? Oh no! What is the theme? We have to go out to dinner. Oh. Oh, but I and got the you. The theme is '90s. Why oh. would you do that? Aaron's got you, honey. Aaron's got you. I mean, I I just don't want to. Acid wash jeans. I mean, I get what it is. I just don't want to do it. Why would you do that? With an elastic weight. Actually, though, 90s is basically, so you're just going into Urban Outfitter and just wearing. Well, now we're into the 2000s now. That's. Oh, that's what's retro. Uh Well, then why is the pants folded? See? It's just. I just was just so surprised because me growing up, if you I mean, were wearing pants that, that this short, movie, they were not in high fashion. They were probably a couple years behind. I don't know that. I'm old. I'm like, this is the fashion. This is what these kids are wearing now. Who knew? Look at these pants. Yeah. Everyone, you could see everyone's ankles. Where's the flood? And I was like, oh, they are fishermen. So yeah, yeah, yeah but I had a reason. My ankles are my very worst part of me and there's oh, a lot to I choose haven't from. Worn, I have I have one pair of pants that goes below my ankles oh, oh, for yeah. me it's because I'm sh- well because I'm short and I prefer 
Yes, I discovered I that. My, like it, it makes me look taller. I discovered that if I buy capris, that they hit me where it's in fashionable. So I just buy capris, and on other people, it comes up high, and on me, it just looks like I'm wearing normal pants. Yeah, and I, I was have like, a, ah. I have a new pair of jeans that are capris for other people, and, and they are hitting me right at the bottom of my ankle, so they'll be perfect for flip-flops. Mm-hmm. My, my next, my final negative reheatable is... Did Jackie not tell Ruby about the news interview? Because as you've already said, okay, yeah, that so was rude. Ruby, so her mom's not going to know about all her studying for the choir. Okay, but Ruby is, she's uh, fishing, she has school, she's starting a business, and she's a teenager. Like, why wouldn't her mom, did I just miss that, or is that just? I didn't see anything where she was told, that the news were coming. Yeah, hey, the news is coming. Be here. It's just like, where are you going? The news is like, you didn't think to inform your teenage daughter ahead of time? I yeah, felt like that was the no, mom. She had no respect for her daughter's time. Through yeah. the entire movie. Had, like, like the mom, went, when she realized her daughter was a hearing child, all of a sudden she became, oh, okay, I didn't want her to be hearing, but uh, we're going to use her for everything she's got. Yeah, like the moms had mom issues. Like her mm-hmm. issues oh, kind of yeah. got. So those were my negative reheatables. Mm-hmm. And I also wondered, like my student that I had, who I we had an FM system for him. He was deaf in a hearing family. I, I think being deaf in a deaf family would be a whole different experience. Well, because, yeah, the culture, because he, and that's, I didn't say it, but when you were saying it, I'm like, that's, on the one hand, that's awesome and good, but equally, I could see how, like, there would be people in the deaf culture who would kind of be like, oh, what, But he doesn't need that. Kind of like when, um, like when, like, um, like, you know, like, white parents adopt a a black child, Mm -hmm. and how, like, black people are kind of like... Okay, but you know, like you're gonna have to put in extra work. Are you aware of the extra mm-hmm. work that you're gonna have to put in? Right. Because right. you're not part of that culture, and that's gonna you're gonna have to like you might like you're gonna have to put yourself in some uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. exactly. for the sake of your kids. Like, are you aware of that? Because so I could see how like oh they're trying to make that child like them, and I wonder how. He as he's gone in like grown up, if he's dabbled in deaf culture, if he feels shunned by deaf culture because he had this FM system. That's and what I'm knows, really wondering too. You know? Like, mm-hmm. did that make it in the end harder for him? I don't know. I just know. Okay. But if he this... has a great personality, like that's all. It's all the bullshit of what exactly. we do to ourselves and stuff of. And he, and like his, his mother was, you know, the mama bear. She yeah. had, she was a hearing mother of a hearing family and she had this child with this issue. She's going to fix it. And so, you know, but like sometimes I, that can go. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's good in that she, oh, she went around to the different things to different teachers to find the right frequency. But then it's also 
that how much of it would she be willing to like hey to take to take a back seat or to put herself in the to take the whole family mm-hmm. to a death cultural mm-hmm. event where mm-hmm. they're gonna feel like the outside one. Exactly. You know? like, like when you're when you're talking about like white families adopting black children, like okay, cool, we do everything to make sure they don't feel like they're not like they're different or like, you know we incorporate them in the our lives but like are you taking them to yeah like, like what is your family doing for their culture i mean Ma, remember when malcolm x came out we went to see that in a black theater and it, it was like you and maybe one other person but that you know you're just like i got black kids i'm gonna have to feel uncomfortable sometimes that's but there's a lot of people who they, that's not how they, mm-hmm. they exactly. see the thing. Cause their ego gets in the way and they want to be like, I don't. And, and it's funny because you'll hear it when their children come out and they'll say cringe inducing things that they don't know is cringe inducing. Like right. all people, I, I don't see color. And it's like, yeah, yeah but like the America does. Yeah. You're not doing yeah. your kids any favors. Like that's a, that's a nice aspiration, but also you got to teach your kids how to to live in this world, which is like what Teeny was saying with the deaf teacher in the teaching the black American sign language of like, yeah, your language is awesome and amazing in this cultural experience. But also there's this other more well, like more mainstream version of it. And I would be remiss if I didn't say like, hey, this if. This is how all of these because my syllabus says you need to pass the test on this one, not your cultural. Okay, so we are to positive reheatables. I have so many. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's there's so many, but uh, like the friend is going, oh, teach me the sign for saying you're hot, and so she teaches her the sign that says I have herpes. I mean, come on, come yeah. on, it's it's gold. Yeah, because it's always awkward when your friend is like, oh, your brother's hot. Like, that's always a... I've literally uh, never had that happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I I have. And it's just like... But, but by the time it happened to me, I was so used to it that I was like, ah, and another one. <laughs> you probably were one of the rude people when Crystal called. What do you want to talk to my brother for? Probably. But yeah. yeah. But I remember like my, my friend in high school, Jasmine, she was like, um, would you be mad if uh my if I went to prom with your brother? I was like, oh. he's in middle school. And she was just like, Ew. she was like, I'm joking, but kind of not. Like she was hilarious. She was really legitimately was. funny. But also she like she knew what the deal was and she was just <laughs> Um, when he gave the per- percussion instrument, I thought of you. <sighs> I know exactly what it feels like to have that instrument taken out of your hand. Um, uh, Dios mios. <laughs> when he, when the, when the music teacher asked her, "How do you feel when you sing?" and she had to sign it mm-hmm. because she didn't have any other way of. That I think that's when my I started misting, and then I, you know, the tears continued for the rest of the movie. Well, because it's it's she didn't there wasn't a in English equivalent. Mm-hmm. It was like what I was saying earlier. He's got to make his appearance in the podcast, guys. This is a yeah. 
tradition. So, yeah. so for people who are have a drinking game, how far into the podcast is it? Oh, I don't yeah. know because I have to piece them together. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the texting when um, the girl, the the friend of Ruby, figured out, hey, I can communicate with her brother. Uh, give mm-hmm. me your phone. We just oh, text to yeah. each other. And, and then, then by we, the end at the concert when she was signing to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Because you start to pick it up, yeah. but it's a, it's like a language. You have to use it. I took a course. I wasn't great, but you have to use it or you completely lose it. Okay. Other positives. Um, this could be a negative, but I thought it was funny. So I put it as a positive having high schoolers sing, let's get it on. I agree. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God. But just, yeah. But thinking of the, I mean, not to get like all old, but now like listening to the songs out now, it's just like, whoa, they would be it singing like, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it is pretty day. Um, why did I put this in the positive? Mm, I missed put this in the mag- negatives. I put- I put dismissive mothers on the positive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's like. Guess I meant negative. Um, <laughs> the lyrics to You're All I Need. Oh, that whole, oh, jeez. Um, Jip peanut butter. Oh, Love yeah. It. Just I mean, eating it out of the jar with yeah. a spoon. Love it. Perfect. How was our... That was our peanut butter of of du jour at our house, but I believe it has high fructose corn syrup in it. It so. probably does, which is why I don't it care. Was, That's what I buy because really it's sweeter. It tastes it. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, when I grew up, I was yeah. Because you know what? I'm sorry. I do not like all natural peanut butter. Well, just peanuts in general are inflammatory, so I had to say goodbye to peanuts. But. <sighs> Um, the Titanic vibes when they were in the lake, lake. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he looked so much like Leonardo DiCaprio and she had her red hair, like Kate Winslet and I... it was on the anniversary of the Titanic. And, oh, you know. and he, I didn't have this in mind, but he, I really liked him as the, what is normally like the girl part in films, you know, like, oh you know, yeah. Really, but I, I liked, like, I don't think he's a great singer, which is, is funny, but I just liked his vibe and I liked how, like, the jokes that he made, yeah. like, are you going to mm-hmm. murder yeah. me and stuff? I was like, oh, I, I would have a crush yeah. on yeah. him. And, like, he, was tell, he was good at, like, it wasn't like in the movies where the guy does something really fucking terribly bad. Like, he was really like, I didn't mean to make fun of, I wasn't making fun of them because yeah. they were deaf. Like, yeah. his dad was joking about having sex with your mom like about sex like any high schooler would think right. of that you know right yeah he wasn't he's he been wasn't, made fun of for so many other things yeah he wasn't the the, the obnoxious like jock who you're like yeah he's hot but you yeah. could do better good intentions yeah i was like oh he's he's got a good heart he's sweet mm-hmm. and i liked that they didn't make them get you know like when he was like oh you're probably gonna leave me for some cellist and she was like yeah probably <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was, and they made it's totally realistic. My high school boyfriend stayed back at home to become a mechanic, and 
I know? never had a you high school out. boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. You know, you think it's going to last, like, you know, it's not going to last, but you you humor it for the first couple months. Um, <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell is positive for me. Joni Mitchell never lies. I mean, q yeah. told us that. So I feel like I'm going to go on a Joni Mitchell binge this week. Um, <laughs> it could become depressing. That. That's not good. Uh, her dad wearing the Boston hat when she's going away in the end. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, I felt like, I mean, I don't know if this is right, but for me, it felt, I liked how they depicted the scenes where like, like I, just from the very beginning when she was talking there, when she was speaking to her family and they were speaking sign language and the music, like all the other noise had cut out. And then like when they were at the concert and it was from their point of view, oh, I, yeah. I, I liked how they did that. Yeah, the use of sound to and because yes, like this new this new this film knew who it was very inclusive in its depict in you know incorporating in the making of um, deaf people in the deaf community. But this is a business, and they knew who the like who the audience of this was for, and so to put you as a hearing person in the place of somebody who is hard of hearing. And it's, you know, you can use sound for that and how they take the, the sound away from it and, and kind of put you in somebody else's shoes, you know? That was great. Oh, agreed. Okay, we are to quotables. Uh, can I do mine, please? Wow. <laughs> I have... Okay, so this movie premiered at Sundance, and I remember hearing about it because of, of the Sundance buzz that it created. But just because a movie has Sundance buzz doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to win the Academy Award. Um, have you heard of films called Happy Texas? Buried? No. no. <laughs> Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl? Is yeah. there... These are all oh. huge Sundance, like, had the buzz coming out. Oh, and really? I don't, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl is actually really good. And it's just I actually have heard of that before. It's, I do recommend that film. It, it actually is a really good film, but it's just wild to see that, like, Coda had that same kind of buzz, mm -hmm. and it's always hit or miss. Um, this, I, we already talked about the school accommodating. The doctor's office scene. That is just great comedy and also storytelling, even uh, though it, yeah. it, it's probably so wrong as, as far as mm -hmm. like the American with Disabilities Act, but yet it does what, this is a film, and so you have great comedy because you put the teenage daughter in this uncomfortable position where she has to, uh, you know, communicate that her parents can't have sex and stuff for I mean, She was like, long. no sex ever again. Ever, ever again. Yeah, you know? <laughs> It's and then it's but it also gives you like oh this is her life and this is like she's been asked uh -huh. to be put in these positions so yeah there could it is uh, not correct as far as a depiction of what it really is like to be deaf in America although you could see how in families because it isn't it's a, not a monolithic culture that that families would be like no I don't want an interpreter sign languaging me about right. this I want my daughter. So right. 
Um, but it's just up there. Uh, <laughs> stop that noise, I wrote down, because that was a common refrain in my household. And it was just interesting because, yes, even hearing people can make a lot of noise. Because I thought that scene was great when, she, when uh, she's trying when to study. She, yeah. Because I was thinking. And her mom was like, that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, wow, it's really silent. It's got to be silent in her home. But no, mm-hmm. all those other noises are there and people don't know how to muffle them. You know, you you would put plates down a little muffled because you don't want to hear the lo- but they or, wouldn't know that. Though. Or you do put it down because you can feel it. Like yeah. that's like, you know, because of like what we were talking about earlier with sound waves and stuff. So maybe you would think because you're a hearing person, I'm going to put this down gently. But maybe if you don't have if that's that sense is taken away, you might put it. I could see how you would put it down harder because then you feel it. Uh-huh. You know, like in a in a weird kind of way of like how our mm-hmm. brain works. Like I I could see how both could be true. Um, I already said that. I like the thing about what Bowie said about Dylan's voice because you know I'm a sanding glue paper myself. Like I I have a very specific range of what I do, and I'm in the Yoko Ono camp of like I heard Yoko Ono sing, and I was like, you know what? Give me some distorted guitars and maybe I can make a song. <laughs> she could do it. Um, I like when Leo, the brother, does the whole Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Go! Get out of here! Nobody wants you around here anyway! Go! Go! Get! I was. It always reminds me. I, I forget who. Somebody did a bit about that. And the Harry and the Hendersons. And now anytime I see that in a movie where somebody's like, go on, we don't want you here. Get out of here. But they really do because they're doing it for their own, you know, their own sense of good. The woman crying at the school recital, listening to them, might low-key be the MVP of the film. <laughs> the what? Which one? The woman who was at the recital when oh, the bitch she was crying, crying, and then they're like, wait, why is this woman crying? And then that leads to the whole thing of, like, maybe you are a good... Like, I feel like that leads into the next scene that is, like, the tearjerker scene. And then the another MVP would have to be... Um, this is just... Like, I got three MVPs of this film, and these aren't even in my list, but I just had to mention it. Mr. V, how he... He continually is like, all right, I'm out. I gave you your warning. It comes back, leaves, comes back for her recital, then messes up on purpose. And it's like, oh, that's my bad. Uh, we need to start I know, again. So good. Woo. So those are my positive three. Communicated with her to her without speaking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So those are my positive reheatables. So we're to quotables. I am I'm willing to let someone else start. All right. What do I have here? You know why God made farts smell so deaf people can enjoy them too. <laughs> That's a good one. That's and then when they were one. at dinner and he goes, 15, he looked at the bottle of wine and was like, $15. And his wife was like, you choose weed, I choose wine. Exactly. And I felt that statement more personally. Um, <laughs> uh, there, uh, there are plenty of pretty voices. It's nothing to say. Do you have something to say? Mm-hmm. 
and then um, duet. It's in the word. You must do it together. Mm. Agree. That was so good. Mm -hmm. Never heard that in my entire life. Growing up in all kinds of musical things, never heard that phrase. Because you hear the never be sharp, never be flat, always be natural. Like, never heard duet, duet together. Yeah. I have another one by me. I had a lot of uh, quotables from Mr. V. I have, they He's made fun. my latte with some disgusting nut milk this morning, so I'm in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> Were you as surprised as I when his spouse was female? No, because I I knew that he was a big like I I hadn't had an experience with him, but I knew that he was a big like he's a big um, Mexican film star. Oh, okay. I, I you know just with the music background, I just assumed that he might be in a same sex relationship. Even when I saw the kids' toys in the house, what an assumption! Yeah, I just exactly. thought that, that that he was Mexican. Um, I. I was surprised that there was nothing. Tra- I was just like, "Oh God, he has something traumatic." Yes, on. like which it. I, no, he just wanted his time to be respected. I did have that. Is I wondered if he had deleted scenes of more uh, like his oh, very yeah. backstory. Yeah, yeah. Because then when she came out, there was like a lot of suspense, and she rode her bike over in the end. It was like, was somebody gonna be dead in there, or like, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. V says, we have a runner. <laughs> and she ran out. Oh, yeah. And when he was like, I'm not angry at this. I said, it's just, just great, great quotes. And then Jackie with her, if I was blind, would you want to paint? I yes. know. That, yeah. like, really, that, yeah. that's gut-wrenching, though. But that that's ego. That's yeah. Jackie is just tied she, up. She was pure ego. You she know? was. Um, this random fisherman saying, I see what's coming up in my net, you asshole. (laughs) Basically what they're talking about is climate change. And he's like, yeah, the the fish are going down deeper to the colder water. They're like, how do you know? I'm like, because I see what's coming up in my net, asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they come in for her Berkeley audition, she's just like, we roll deep. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, my favorite quote of this film <laughs> that I laughed so hard when when this happened through this was the ugly cry laughing bit of the movie at the end when she goes buy shit nugget. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it that... was him. I think it was him that said buy shit nugget. Yeah. That's oh, you and Adam. Buy <laughs> shit nugget is just all t- Shit nugget will be heard again. My shit nugget. <laughs> I mean, it gets me. It gets me now. Shit nugget. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's what I have. So I have the uh, the father saying, "Put a helmet on that soldier." <laughs> yeah. And her saying to her mother, "Why is it always about you?" Because mm-hmm. it did seem to be always about her mother. Mm-hmm. And there will never be a good time. There's never going to be a good time for me yeah. to leave. But it's got to happen. The thing with the mother is, I think we got that. I think the mother was the only deaf person in a hearing family. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where her, um, I guess like, like for lack of a better term, like her ego and the reason why she is the way that, that she is, is because of how her growing up. And she said that she, she probably felt not a, a part of that family because everybody could hear and she couldn't. And so right. then yeah, when she, she had a hard time connecting with her mom. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was hoping for her to be deaf so she could connect with her. Right. right. And and so and th- and that was also a reason why she had the uh the standoffishness to when she refers to them as those hearing bitches, you know? Mm-hmm. Of, because yeah. because of, of Yeah, I love the them. trauma the from daughter, her background. When the daughter was like, Well, maybe if you didn't call them those hearing bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is but that's but it's also like yes, but then also from you know, where the mother's coming from, that's how she is going to be, you know, I mean, the world was probably very not accommodating to her. And then when she grows up and she meets this deaf man and, and this deaf community, I do, I, I mean, I'm not the person to bring this up, but I did wonder when Ruby threw into their faces, how they, they're deaf friends and they only see them once a month. I kind of thought like, that's still that's a lot and that's the deaf com- like that's their community so i was kind of like i don't I, I, to me it sort of felt as a minimization of something that's that like you can say oh we only meet once a month but i feel like that's a um a huge like it, it just felt minimized with ruby tossing it out in that way like it's it's like yeah it's once a month but it's that's it's not that you know, it it doesn't seem like it's that un- infrequent, especially when it's adults with families and stuff that they get together once a month. It's, yeah. that's, but like, that's, that's true yeah. in a, an adult lens. She's through a high yeah. school lens where she sees right. her friends see every, day. every day. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, it's just yeah. a different lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we are to LVP. I'm going first because I'm allowed. <laughs> The fact that Amelia Jones did not get a nomination for this role. I mean, she was, was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That you're gonna say and wrong. then she's English and she had to use an American accent. And hey, uh, you know what's wild is that I watched one of those Hollywood reporter like roundtable videos with actresses and she was in it. And this was. This was long enough where I'm like, oh, yeah, the girl from CODA, but I didn't remember until reading that she was British. And it was a thing with, like, I know that Jessica Chastain was on it and Kirsten Dunst and I forget who else. And they were all talking about how, like, they were just like, wait, you couldn't, like, you had to learn to sing and you had to learn to sign language. And, And they were just giving her her props. And she, I really liked her in the interview. She was just, um... Like, like she, it wasn't like, oh, she was super intimidated. Like she held her own, but she also had that, that sense of like, she wasn't cocky about it. She was Mm -hmm. just like, well, no, I just did what I was supposed to. And, and then to have like all of these bigger actresses just like fawning over her performance and stuff. And then you see her getting like, oh, well, I was just like, it was just became wild to see her then just like, 
Oh, and it, oh, it was nice. It. Yeah, but I forgot. I even though I had seen this woman speak in a British accent, I completely forgot about it until I did the particulars. I was like, wait, and she's British? What? Yeah. So that's a dialect and American Sign Language and learning to sing because she and didn't have to any fish. formal training and she had to be able to handle herself on a fishing trawler. Yeah. That's huge. Ooh. Robbed. Other My MVP. Oh, LVP. Yeah, bullies. L. My LVP is bullies. Oh, mm. so agree. And man, high school. Whew. You know it's got to be so much worse now with social media because it's at oh, least yeah. like when the bullies were in person, you could leave them, and now they just they're in your pocket. Or mm -hmm. and like you didn't know what they were. Sometimes you didn't know what they were saying. Like if they were saying it behind your back or whatever. But like now it's like comments and likes and like all that. Yeah, like it would, it would get back to you. I have no idea what my bully said about me because I was just like, yeah. But now you would definitely know, and it's like. Mm. They were my honorable mention was definitely Ruby's classmates because they were just awful. Mm -hmm. But then you're just like, I bet, you know, hurt people hurt people. So I'm betting their lives are pretty shitty. They're going to be made. I mean, they live in a fishing town. If you're going to be making fun of like, oh, she smells like fish. It's like, well, what do your parents do? Like somebody in your family does fishing and smells like fish. So it's not. They you pay know? others. I will say, I always said, hurt people hurt people. Like, that was always my philosophy in the classroom. So you're lashing out at others because you're hurt. But I have a very good friend who was a uh, school counselor, and she said, sometimes there are just mean people. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's mean people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just out there. My real MVP, though is the narc monitor what a worthless oh uh, yeah she was she the was worst nurse. because are you gonna tell me okay i understand she's on the boat and she's monitoring but then as soon as she she realized she's like oh they're deaf and then you're gonna tell me that if you were out there and it was it was popping off and it was a situation and you see the light flashing on the radio that you're not gonna pull up the radio <laughs> and then be like okay you know, like that yeah. was all like she was she just called it into the Coast Guard. It's true. Just that that wasn't part of her job. I feel like that wasn't part of her job because when it when it pushed comes to shove, if that boat was sinking and there was something going on, a turmoil that she had to save herself, she wouldn't be like, Oh no, I can't I can't do the radio. Oh, how would they they have to mm -hmm. it, it has to be like I'm not here. It's like, bitch, that boat is seen. It gets to be Titanic ter territory. You're no longer just monitoring. You're trying to save yourself. You would like figure out. Oh, I don't. You would start pressing buttons. Like you know, you would figure out how to operate that radio, bitch. And so it has to come to a situation where he's going to lose his license for the entire hearing community to go. Oh, Which do we, do we have room? for a deaf fisherman that yeah. is that is a criticism of the movie is that in that scene they would because it's a it's a, like a court kind of thing there would definitely be an interpreter oh, that would, right. would have to be because right. they i feel like they would have a case under the ada 
You're not going to tell me in the history of naval navigation that that hearing is something that you is a deal breaker. Has never happened before. Right. Get out of here. Right. Did we do everybody's LVPs? Yeah. Yep. So you're okay. for MVP. So we're to MVPs. I have a runner up. Mm-hmm. Teachers. Oh. It's your runner up and not your MVP. All right. It is indeed. Teachers who see something in somebody and 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 use your own time to foster that. Mm. Ah, it's very true. Well played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the reason that <laughs> and and so my real one is when they took the sound away. So yeah. that we could yeah. live in we could put on the shoes of other people, walk in their shoes for a while. Um, mm-hmm. that was really significant. That was something that we had to do in the high school class is that we had to get, um, earplugs and for a day and go to school and stuff with earplugs so that we would interact and be hard of hearing. In your ASL language. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, do I remember that? that yeah, because I think, I think you had to sign like a permission slip and we had to go Probably. around get like permission like so that the all the teachers would know like on this day that we're gonna have it and i yeah i i don't i i as someone who always has like sleep with ear plugs in and like always has noise canceling things in i do have um a slight ever so slightly glimpse into hard of hearing and how the it's interesting the things that you can hear that come through like that noise canceling doesn't cancel out because mm-hmm. it's like the low vibrations and stuff of music mm-hmm. stomping from upstairs and my, like what you my tinnitus i can hear my tinnitus i can't hear other people but i that, hear that yeah all that's the what time. you hear hmm? teeny um my mvp was that they starred deaf actors yes mm-hmm. yes which rolls and right into first- my one got wrong oh i'm sorry no go just because that was something that the first movie got wrong right exactly which rolls right into my recasting and the fact that i didn't do it because i don't know deaf actors to be able to recast it Mm -hmm. but i think it's so important to have that i have as my runner-ups i had amelia jones for the reason of all of that. And then I also have cast under the Amelia Jones because this movie completely doesn't work without her performance. And But it sucks that the movie hinges on the hearing girl's performance, hearing but girl. that yeah. is, that's that's the game that but we played. But who is, who is the audience? Who is the target audience? Yeah, It's going to be the hearing community. So that's, yeah. And then my another co-MVP is Marley Matlin because she was the first person cast in this film. And the financiers oh. of this film were going to cast uh, non-deaf actors as oh. the rest of the things. And it was her being like, excuse me, no, I'm I'm walking. If you're not yeah. gonna yeah i know and that's hilarious because we're talking about coda is like oh they they did they fixed the you know the first in the remake but then you read of like no 
they were like they thought that was fine the first go around. It it took Marley Matlin, who is, I mean, she is the biggest deaf actress actor. Like she she is it. Like she's basically like the Jackie Robinson. Like you know she's, she's it. She's yeah. it. Now you know we have Troy Kotzer, and and hopefully there will be more. But she's it. She had to put her foot down because it's a business, and they know they knew. That if she walked, the finance was walking with her because she's Marley Matlin. She's like, excuse me, like I'm the one deaf actress who has a name recognition and what funding exactly. is all about. You're not gonna do this. I'm walking. And when that was because on the she table, won that Academy Award back in the eighties. Yeah. And yeah. she's continued to act. She's right. a, she's a she has actually has name recognition. You're gonna do this deaf movie, and and Marley Matlin's in it. That gives it a check mark, right you know, there, yeah. right there. And then she's like, no, excuse me, no. And so it was because of her putting her foot down that yep. they had that. And then also a, a co MVP for that would be Sean Hedder because she. Once that happened with Marley Matlin, then she's like, oh, no, this is important. Okay. And so then she learned ASL. Then she took it upon herself to make sure that there were interpreters on set, no. that there were, that the, you know, the screenplay was written in, in the ASL for those parts of it, that she, I mean, Marley Madeline really gave her kudos because she was like, you know, for a hearing person, she really went above and beyond to make sure that it was a very inclusive cast and that everybody had interpreters on set and that, and then the cast got involved, uh, the crew got involved in it. And so then the crew was learning sign language and she was like, it felt like just, Marley Madeline was just like, it felt so amazing. It felt like any other film set, except that it was we just had all of this interpretation, like it was just very collaborative and inclusive and it was just like, it's not that big of a deal, but people put up barriers that it's such a big idea, you know, big deal. Um, Which brings me to my, go ahead. I was gonna say, I thought Daniel Durant did an amazing job playing the brother too. Oh my God. The brother? Yeah. And like being able to portray that like, feeling of yeah i get it we need you but like i also i can do it too and exactly like have the chance one of my favorite things was him saying no to her staying on the boat let her go and Mm -hmm. and and that was that was two two sides of him one side Mm -hmm. is let my sister do what she wants to do and one side was because I got it. Yeah, I, and I can handle this. He's the older brother, and his whole life, it's like, oh, St. Ruby, because mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. the one that was hearing. And he's like, like no. Like, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to make some mistakes. And sometimes I'm going to, you know, people are going to take advantage of me. But I like, like, the first time I cried was in that scene with him when he was like, no, it's the hearing people that got to get their shit together. Right. right. Like, it's not me. I was like, oh, you got mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But, and then, and then uh, when when her the mom was like, oh, it's complicated, and she and then Ruby was like, what? It's always the three of you. Like they both saw each mm-hmm. other as, you know. Mm-hmm. But the way he interpreted the sibling thing, you know, like two things are true at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to go and live your life, but I also want to be able to prove myself mm-hmm. without you. Yeah. He he that. That's a fine line, and he walked it very he's, well. He's a really good actor. 
Mm-hmm. Well, but my MVP, probably. I mean, which I had at first I had because I, I wanted this to be my MVP from the beginning. But then I was like, oh, is that is this like am I green booking it here for mm-hmm. having this be my MVP? And then I, I liked reading about how like, no, you're like, that's, a, that's, that's wrong. And I'm talking about like deaf people with music because my MVP is Nicholas Ashford and Valerie Simpson, <laughs> because they're the writers, Ashford and Simpson for writing all I need to get by. I mean, come on. Has that been has that been like through your brain this entire week? Of just Ashford and Simpson that that they're well, because okay, would this movie have won an Oscar if she sang Captain and Tennille's Love Will Keep Us Together? (laughs) Muskrat love. Yeah. Like it's it's not I mean and that's what made all the crying happen. You know, it's like, they, but then also Ashford and Simpson, they also wrote um, Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand. They also wrote mm-hmm. I'm Every Woman. And then in this specific movie, they use the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell's version mm-hmm. of all, You're All I Need to Get By, which Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell also did Ain't No Mountain High Enough and Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing. But that's and, a better song. I, it is. But sadly, it's like Tammy Terrell, she died when she was 24 in 1970 of a brain tumor. And when you listen to this, especially just of like if you listen to their version of the song, it's just like, oh, my gosh, she's because it's just this quiet. And then she just has this voice. and, And I remember you know, when I was younger, like Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, Motown Mondays, they were always, all these songs always be on. I'm like, what happened to Tammy Terrell? Like, what happened? So it's like 24. It's just like brain tumor out the game. Jeez. Mm. Man, she would have, man, we just were very unlucky. And then you have the, all the different versions. I mean, the Method Man, Mary J. Blige. And then... (laughs) I sent you all the version that I listened to after the movie because it just randomly came up on Spotify. Aretha Franklin just dropping in a yeah. like <laughs> Aretha Franklin just went around stealing people's songs from them. <laughs> it's very underrated aspect of her career of like, oh, Otis Redding, you're doing respect. I believe that's mine now. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> Bridge over Turbo Water, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> mine. I'll do it. Mine. There's a version of the, her version of this. Guys, am I lying? No. It's fantastic. That's why this, it's just, and then you, like Teeny said earlier, with the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Mac knows I'm not lying. <laughs> okay. Well, we are to recasting. As I said, I didn't do one. I didn't do one either. I want more Ooh. deaf movies showing diversity, mm-hmm. especially within the black community. So give me the mainstream black American sign language film that doesn't have anything to do with the black deaf person singing or not being or music yeah. or anything involved. Yeah. Just the movie yeah. and it's black American sign language and it, it and we're learning the stars. That's what I want. All righty. 
So we are to our tasties. Anybody? I don't have any. Oh, I do. Erin? Uh, I just have that it was a, there's a stage musical in the works with the Death West Theater, and they're going to help develop that. Um, I have a Troy Kotzer won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar, and Sean Hader won Best Adapted Screenplay, and that the movie won Best Picture. I have that most of the songs were recorded live, and that the choir students were from Gloucester High School and Berkeley College of Music. L-E-E. Uh-huh, and that's, um, there was something else that I had, and I started writing down, and I, I only wrote down T-E, so my notes. Okay, so I have, a, a, we have already mentioned, Amelia spent nine months learning ASL, singing, and fishing. Um, on the set, all, there were interpreters on the set. They were all CODAs, children of death adults. Uh, at Sundance, it premiered, and Apple bought it for $25 million. Which was a, it's a festival record. This was the first streaming service film that won an Academy Award. Oh, you know Netflix is so mad. Now, I didn't notice this because we wouldn't, but when we were at, at their home, the train whistle, there was a train, there were train tracks really close to their house. And that train sound would have devalued their home. So they were able to buy that home for a, a lesser value because of that sound that didn't affect them. Oh, uh, well, I would say it didn't affect them because they would definitely feel it, wouldn't they? Yeah, but, but it would have been vibrations and not that annoying noise. Wait, well... I, I don't know. I, wa I wonder if in the deaf community, if like the vibrating noises would be because of like the interpretation of the brain. Like if we're like, oh, it's not that annoying noise, but couldn't an annoying feeling every few oh, minutes? So like, like right? white noise, white vibrations. Like, I mean, imagine like, like, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm... Huh. I don't, but I, I'm just, I could see how for some people that that, the shaking might, but then New Yorkers are like, nah, we, we deal with it. We deal it's with fine. it all the time. So the Coast Guard has a history of imposing serious restraints on deaf voters. You, you know it, man. The you American Disabilities Act. Um, the current technology is there to aid with that, but yes, it's been, it's been an issue with deaf voters for many years. I just, I don't, like, that's just being, I don't understand. Dicks. Yeah, you're just being Dicks. a dick. Oh, because mm -hmm. you need to be able to hear the radio and stuff, and it's like, well, there's been a lot of hearing people who have gone down, you know, in boating accidents. Also, like, maybe you should come up with a different way. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking on the boat, maybe have a the symbol. Lights or something. You know, that or says. What about like a, a wristwatch and it vibrates? Yeah. And so I mean, then when you're out there fishing and it exactly. vibrates, and so then you know, like, okay, I got to get on the radio. What do you mm -hmm. want? 
Exactly. It, yeah, it's 2022. It shouldn't be that hard. You're just 2022. being a dick. 2022. We really expect more. Yeah, you're just being a dick. Okay, the sign at the end where she does I love you is the I and the oh good. I'm going to be L for love. Mm-hmm. So that's I love you, but when you cross over your index finger, which I didn't know until this, says I really love you. Like oh. that's even more meaningful. See, and I didn't learn that in my language. So yeah, that's, that's so hard to do. It yeah. is. You really have to have dexterity. dexterity. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that as you sign, your fingers get more. Oh, yeah. Um, well, what but, happens yeah. with arthritis? Arthritis has got to suck. I mean, I did have the thought of like, what if you lose a limb? And that could well, that could, if you're white, you're it's fine because <laughs> ASL is yeah. just yeah. So there's or what if you that. lose both limbs? You're a paraplegic. Well, Man. technology, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there's I'm sure there's a way. No, there's yeah. a, there's a way. You just have to have people who are in that circumstance or have a loved one in that circumstance that they uh, choose that path to pursue so that technology can catch up with that. Oh, and it so, shouldn't, it, it should be all, it's just that able, it's that putting the mirror at ourselves and being like, okay, well, like, what are we doing to help everyone be on the same level playing field? And but that we usually don't... doesn't happen unless you are personally involved or you have a, a loved one personally involved with that. Yeah, because that's, I mean, they, they yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the, the caste system in America shows itself in all these different forms and rears its ugly head and it, yeah. Well, that's Coda. Now I thought, I mean, I, I, the movies, the, like the, the build up and stuff to it and I've been hearing about it forever and forever. And I'm like, oh, and then I watch it and I was like, oh, man, no, this was good. It exceeds every expectation. Very good. Yeah, it's just a good movie. There's just so much drama that there's like the there's all this drama and stuff going on. But also fun. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Makes you feel good. Yes. And so next week. All right. Next week, we're going to post-World War II Italy. Interesting. 1948 film. No guesses yet? 1948 Italy. So I'm going to go with Sophie Loren. I don't think she's in it. Um, It's available on HBO Max. That's good. It's one hour, 33 minutes. Oh, I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. I kept that in mind for teeny. It is the best known work of Italian neorealism. Never heard of that. That's supposed to be a clue for us, teeny. <laughs> well, it's not for me. So I, I don't, hope you I have don't something. Think you, I don't think you guys are gonna get. Never it. heard of Italian neo of Italian neorealism. Okay, so this is not gonna be Liza Minnelli's father, Minnelli. No, but it's interesting. No, 
it was Rossellini. It's not Roberto Rossellini did not uh, direct this film, but I think he had something to do with Italian neorealism. Probably. Italian. So we don't have Ingrid Bergman in it. No. Okay. I don't know how many women are going to be in this film. Ooh, is this a war film? It's post-World War II. Bicycle Thieves. Yes. Look at Teeny Googling. Look at me Googling. <laughs> <laughs> One search of Italian neorealism and look well, what we found. Of course, it is the best known work of Italian neorealism. Were you going to guess that? <laughs> no. Me? I, I I have research to do because I, I always... Have, I mean, I'm interested to hear this because I have personal experience. I know. With bi- I knew this as the bicycle thief. And so I'm like, wait a second. It's bicycle thieves? So I wonder if it's a uh, uh, Is it the same thing? Because there's another called, thing called the bicycle thief right beside it. I think it's the same thing. It has the same picture. Yeah. This is the bicycle thief? But it's bicycle but now thieves. it's known as bicycle thieves in two thousand in two thousand when I was ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy crap! It was called the bicycle thief. Now that I'm old in two thousand twenty two, it's called bicycle thieves. So so bicycle thief a singular, as opposed to bicycle thieves, thieves plural. I'm guessing it has something to do with Italian and translation because i guarantee that this film in italy isn't like by the bicycle thief it's so i'm seeing i need to make some penne pasta and have chianti when we do this film yeah if you want to do you have anything else to say about it no, it's just I was just like, what's something that is available on some something we all have access to that's that I've has been on my list of films to do. Okay. And that wasn't super long or anything. And so I just put right. it out my butt. Okay. And well, I was like, oh, Teeny knows about bicycle thieves. Yes, firsthand. Okay, oh, and sure it, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's very famous. It's a very famous film. Oh, it's of importance. And we were used to watch uh, subtitles, so I was like, let's just roll roll into another subtitle. Okay. Okay. Well, listeners, strongly suggest you watch Coda. Uh, it just oh yeah, yeah. For all of the reasons we have mentioned, and just your own, so good. And step out of your comfort zone for a minute. Um, And then next week we're doing The Bicycle Thief or Bicycle Thieves. Mm -hmm. HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Listeners, there you go. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. He has risen. You know what? Wait, guys, you know what I realized? Is that... That's the Patty, uh, not Patty, Aretha Franklin, George Michael song. I knew you were reading for me. I, it's that could be like a Christian song. It could be about like Jesus and God. So, I mean, when you when you listen to Aretha Franklin do her runs at the end, you're gonna tell me she's singing that way about a mere mortal. Mm -mm. I Mm -mm. don't believe it. I believe I'm like. 
right? I'm like, this is a Christian gospel anthem. Mm-hmm. Well, happy Easter to everybody. He yeah. has risen. And with that, there you go. The cave was empty, Aaron. <laughs> the cave was empty. That was what the greatest sermon I ever heard in my entire life. Chapel Courage. Shout it's out. the only one you ever remember. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got the it tomb now. was empty. This is all I need to. Like, seriously, do I need to know anything else? The golden <laughs> rule and the tomb was empty. I think I got it. That makes me feel better as a parent. <laughs> well, there you go, listeners. Boom. Boom. Boom.